Our second reading today comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter in the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned. But those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so they may clearly see that their deeds have been done in God. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. A horse walks into a bar. The bartender, having heard many stories about said horse walking into said bar, becomes concerned that maybe this horse is an alcoholic. (laughs) So before he serves the horse, he looks at him and says, before I serve you, I hear about you going into all these bars. 
Are you an alcoholic? And the horse looks indignant. Me? An alcoholic? I think not. And poof! He disappears. Now those of you that have studied philosophy are probably going to chuckle at that, knowing that I think, therefore, I am. Now I could have explained that to you before, but that really would have been putting Descartes before the horse. I love that joke. I'll be honest, I've been waiting for a time to tell that for about two months now. I, I've almost started sermons with it for no reason, because it doesn't relate, but I just really wanted to share it with you. But I thought it was fitting for this sermon, because it deals with the order of things, and, and you know, putting the Descartes before the horse, and the beginning, and where do you place things. And today we see Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a Pharisee, a leader of the Jews. And so often we stereotype the Pharisees. We pigeonhole them, the Pharisees and the, bad, uh, the, the, Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're the bad guys. They're the ones who Jesus is against. Jesus and the disciples are the good guys, and it's a constant battle. But we see, as we so often in life, when we break people into classifications, that it's not as cut and dried as that. It's not as black and white. Here we see a Pharisee who's heard about the works of Jesus. And so he goes to find out more. He knows that Jesus is something special because nobody could have done the works that Jesus did unless he was from God. Now, we have to give credit where credit is due, but we also have to recognize that Nicodemus slipped out in the darkness of night. He came when no one would notice that he was gone, when no one would see him going to meet Jesus. Is this because he wasn't sure what he would find? Is it because he was ashamed, embarrassed, because his position would be endangered if people knew he went to meet the rebel rouser known as Jesus. But either way, he goes. He comes to Jesus in the night, and Jesus receives him. And he begins to ask Jesus questions. Who are you? You do these wondrous acts that could only be done from someone by God. I need to know more. I need to learn more. You could almost hear him saying, I have so many questions. And Jesus says, truly I tell you that you must be born from above. And Nicodemus doesn't get it. He said, I'm an old man. How could I be born again? How can I enter back into my mother's womb? That doesn't make any sense to me. Jesus goes on to explain that we must be born both by water and by spirit. For whatever is born by the flesh is flesh, but whatever is born by the spirit is spirit. And poor Nicodemus, he kind of just shakes his head and says, I don't get it. And Jesus goes on a lengthy discord trying to explain to Nicodemus. And unfortunately, the passage doesn't tell us what Nicodemus's response was. It doesn't tell us if the light bulb went off above his head or if he 
soaked back off into the night more confused than ever. But I think it's clear that Nicodemus came to Jesus with questions. And he left with even more questions. And for some of us, that might be a troubling thought that we go to our Lord and we're left with more questions than we have. But I think we should find comfort in that. We see Nicodemus at the beginning of his faith journey, and he has questions. We all have questions. That's what has brought us to Christ. After all, in Christ, everything we know is turned on its head. God is made human. The Lord of all is the servant of all. The one who is crucified and dead lives again. When I told the children that Jesus said, the last shall be first, you should have seen the look of confusion on their face. This isn't how we understand life. This flips everything on its head. So yes, we're going to have questions. But that is where we start from. When we have questions, when we begin with questions, we are led to find the answers. And that's what led Nicodemus to Jesus. He'd heard about the things he did and he didn't understand, so he went to Christ. He asked Christ. And he received the answer. But he didn't get it. He was left dumbfounded, shaking his head in silence. And that should bring us comfort, because once we start on the journey, we should realize that we aren't going to have all the answers. That there are going to be mysteries in life. They might be doctrinal mysteries. What's it mean in the Apostles' Creed when it says, Jesus descended into hell? Or it might be more personal. Nicodemus might live on in us when we lose a friend to cancer, a daughter to a drunk driver, when a loved one breaks off a relationship with us and we don't know why, when we're laid off, when we're behind on our mortgage, when life's struggles come our way, We might be left looking at God and looking at Jesus and saying, Lord, I don't get it. How can these things happen to us? And Nicodemus lives on in us. And we will get the answer and sometimes we'll understand and sometimes we don't. But we have a place to begin with. We have a place to center ourselves in. We can look at the great people throughout the Bible and see that time and again, they questioned. They didn't get it. It's okay not to have all the answers. In fact, if anyone here has all the answers, then I would say your faith is not very strong. that you are incorrect because none of us have all the answers. None of us know it all. 
In Corinthians, Paul wrote, Then I will be fully known. Then I will know fully as I'm fully known. Only in the great hereafter will we know it all. Will it all come together for us? Until then, it's okay to question. It's okay to wonder. It's okay not to get it. In fact, Nicodemus shows us it's a great starting point. Author Philip Yancey writes about his roommate, Reiner, his college roommate. And Reiner went back to Germany, where he's from, and began to teach Bible at a camp for disabled people. And he would come into a room and he'd preach to quadriplegics and paraplegics and people in wheelchairs. And he'd say, even though you're in a wheelchair, you already have victory. Because Christ lives in you. You have overcome. And he preached this for several days. And he'd never preached to disabled people before. He was a little uncomfortable. But he didn't realize that they were uncomfortable with him preaching to them. A couple of them went to the camp director to complain about Reiner. And uh, the camp director said, well, go and talk to him. And finally, one brave woman did. And she went to him and said, we don't understand. We can't relate. You say we have victory, but we are bound in these wheelchairs. You say we've overcome our circumstances, but we are still trapped here. She said, it's like you are preaching about the sun, but we are living in a room with no windows. Reiner was crushed. He thought about quitting. He thought about walking away. But instead, he spent the entire evening in prayer. And the next morning he went to his class and he stood before the class. And he was silent. But when he spoke, he said, I don't know what to preach to you about. If I can't preach about victory, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. I don't even know what to do. And he bowed his head in silence. And after a moment, a voice from the room said, Now we understand. Now we can relate to you. Now we can begin. Questioning not getting it, not understanding. These are the places where we can begin from. We can use these places to fuel ourselves to greater faith, to to push ourselves along our faith journey. We don't know how Nicodemus responded to Jesus' monologue. We don't know if he began jumping up and down, filled with the Spirit. We don't know if his eyes glazed over. We don't know if he hung his head in shame. But we do know that when Christ was crucified, that Nicodemus came to him. Not in the darkness, but in the light of day, not caring who saw. 
And he wanted to ensure that Jesus' corpse was cared for. That Jesus was taken care of in both life and death. Nicodemus' faith began in the darkness. It began with questions, with doubts, with not getting it. And when we experience doubts, when we have questions, when we don't get it, that's just part of our faith journey. And we should look to Nicodemus, whose faith ended strong and in the light. So friends, let us now state where our faith begins. As we begin with the Apostles' Creed, which is in the bulletin and on the screens.